0: Hi, I'm Leslie Ludy, host of the Set Apart podcast, biblical encouragement for women of all ages. Today we're going to be starting a two-part series for a biblical response when others let you down. When you're going through a time of feeling hurt or disappointed or confused or rejected or lonely, how do you approach a situation like that with a heavenly perspective? I'm going to be sharing with you some really important biblical truths that I feel God has spoken to my heart when I face situations like that. Before we dive in, I wanted to remind you that our Set Apart Conference is coming up the first weekend of June. Our theme this year is Abiding in Jesus. What does it mean to allow that intimate relationship with Jesus Christ to permeate every aspect of our life on a daily basis? I'm very excited for what God has in store for this weekend. If you're thinking of joining us in Colorado, be sure to register soon. You can probably still squeeze in, but there are only a handful of spots left. Or if you can't make it to Colorado, join us via simulcast. This is a great way to take the sessions at your own pace because you'll have access to them for the rest of the year or to share them with other women in your life. A lot of people have hosted groups or even filled entire churches and communicated these messages to the women in their community. Go to setapartgirl.com to learn more and to register or just click the link in this podcast description. I would love to see you this June. So let's dive into part one when people let you down. I wanted to start with a scripture in John sixteen thirty two, where Jesus is speaking to his disciples before his crucifixion, and he says to them, you will leave me alone. And yet I am not alone because the father is with me. Now this is really astounding because he knew he was about to go through the most difficult thing anyone would ever have to face in all of history. And he also knew that his friends, his closest support system, would abandon him, would forsake him. And yet he had this perspective that he would not be alone because he had the Father with him. And that is a truth that we so often fail to grasp when other people abandon us and reject us and make us feel lonely or isolated. We feel that we are completely alone. And yet Yet we fail to realize that we have the king of all kings with us and we are never alone when we have him. Before Eric and I started Ellerslie, our discipleship training ministry, about 13 or 14 years ago, we walked through a time where we felt like people were really letting us down. We felt isolated, lonely, hurt, and confused. One of the situations happened when people that we had loved and prayed for and invested into basically just turned against us and began to falsely accuse us of terrible things, completely misrepresenting us. And we felt so hurt, so confused, so rejected. And that came on the heels of an already difficult and lonely season because we had spent nearly a decade traveling and speaking full time. And we had decided over the past year to kind of pull away from touring and focus on discipleship ministry. And in that time, our goal was to build deeper and long-term relationships with people in individual and small group settings so we could really invest truth into them. But even as we did those things, the very first fruits of our discipleship ministry, things did not go as we hoped. We had a small band of Christian young adults that we were investing countless hours into for about a year, and it just started to dissolve. Some fell into sin and walked away from God. Others felt that this message of radically following after Jesus Christ was too extreme. They wanted something easier, and some had just gotten too busy and distracted to really make pursuing Christ a priority. There were only really a couple of people from that original discipleship group that were still actively and enthusiastically engaged. So in light of this, we felt very disappointed at just the way that the people had responded, those that we had really invested into. We felt very hurt and confused by those who had turned against us. We felt really unsure where God was leading us. We felt disregarded by people we had poured into and we felt rejected by close friends. I remember a moment sitting at our kitchen table and just grappling with feelings of despair and misery. And yet I became aware of God's presence that day in a whole new way, because in the midst of my emotional fog, my loneliness and my pain, I came to know beyond all doubt that underneath me were his everlasting arms, as it says in Deuteronomy thirty three twenty seven. 27. In that moment, as I felt so abandoned and so rejected and so let down by other people, I realized I had nowhere else to turn but to Jesus Christ. And actually that became an incredible blessing because as I began to cry out to him out of my hurt and my desperation, he drew near to me. He met me there and it was walking through that season of extreme pain and isolation that I began to grasp by experience that even though others may betray, abandon and fail me, even when it seems like nobody else in the entire world can really understand what I'm going through, Jesus is enough. Now, Eric understood what I was going through, but he was walking through the same thing. And I found myself wanting someone on the outside of the situation who could relate to what we were walking through. But I looked around and saw no one. But I began to recognize Jesus is enough. Corey Ten Boom once said, you may never know Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have And wow, that is so incredibly true. We can talk all day long about Jesus being everything to us. But when you get into that situation where you have nowhere else to turn but him, you recognize that he truly is the all-sufficient one, the God of all comfort, our all in all. Now, that season prior to starting Ellerslie is definitely not the only battle with loneliness that I've fought in my lifetime. You can look at somebody like me who has is married with six kids and active in ministry and think, well, she probably never goes through loneliness. But since then, I have walked through a lot of times where I felt really alone, where I felt isolated, abandoned, rejected or disregarded. But every encounter that I have faced with loneliness or with people letting me down has brought with it a fresh reminder of the incredible nearness and comfort and restoration and faithfulness of Jesus Christ. I love what Amy Carmichael said about loneliness. She said, bare heights of loneliness, a wilderness whose burning winds sweep over glowing sands. What are they to him? Even there, he can refresh us. Even there, he can renew us. And from personal experience, I can say amen to those words. I know that a lot of modern Christians challenge the idea that Jesus really is enough to carry us through seasons of, rejection, isolation, or loneliness with joy and peace and triumph. I recently saw an article on loneliness from a well-known Christian ministry, and they were referring to a statement Oswald Chambers had made about intimacy with Christ being the answer to loneliness, and they called that baloney. The writer of the article said, we need more than God when it comes to loneliness. And I've read several books that that have the same attitude when it comes to singleness. They excuse discontentment and being angry over singleness because God created us with a need for human companionship. Now, in both situations, this article and these different books on singleness, they're trying to to point out the fact that we were created and designed for human relationships and that desire is a good thing. It's a God-given thing, which I definitely agree with. But what I don't agree with is that Jesus cannot satisfy us at the deepest level of our soul, even if our earthly relationships are taken away, even when others let us down. Jesus is our all in all. And that means he's able to completely, perfectly, absolutely fulfill every single need our heart will ever have if we allow him to. Now, of course, this does not mean our desire for human relationships is wrong. It is a God-given desire. And it's not somehow more spiritual to live our lives in a state of loneliness or isolation. God designed us to be part of of the fellowship of the body of Christ. Relationships with others is truly an amazing and God-given gift. And it's an important part of our calling as Christians. But it's really important that we don't forget that when we have Jesus, we have everything we need. Whether we're in a season of relational plenty or a relational want, to use Paul's example from Philippians 4, 12, he says, I've learned the secret of being content in every situation, whether in plenty or in want. And that doesn't just apply to finances which was what he was talking about it applies to every area of our lives as christians because when we grasp the truth that jesus truly is our all in all we won't fear times of isolation or loneliness or singleness or whatever it is that has us in a time where we feel scarce in the area of human relationships we won't fear those seasons because we have everything that we need in him I've talked on this podcast before about Darlene Dibler, who was an American missionary in the Second World War to New Guinea, and she was taken prisoner by the Japanese. She became a prisoner of war. She lost her husband. She went through truly horrific things during the war. And her book is called Evidence Not Seen. If you've never read it, it's just an amazing picture of God's grace and faithfulness in a very, very difficult time. But I want to highlight one specific aspect of her story that enunciates this truth, Jesus is enough imagine if you were an ocean away from everything familiar if you were cut off from friends and family in the middle of a war imagine being imprisoned in a concentration camp and surrounded by sorrow and sickness with no news of the outside world that would be hard enough you'd feel incredibly fearful and isolated but then imagine learning that your husband has died and you haven't even had the chance to say goodbye to him Imagine being falsely accused as a spy and placed in a filthy confinement cell with only a half a cup of maggot-filled rice to eat every single day. Imagine also being tortured by cruel guards while also suffering from serious illnesses and wasting away from starvation. And then on top of all of this, imagine being sentenced to be executed. And that kind of scenario sounds a lot more like a terrible nightmare than anything that could ever really happen. But that was the reality for Darlene Dibler in the Second World War. And in one of the most powerful messages I've ever heard, Darlene recounted this overwhelming moment when she was put into solitary confinement on death row. Her response to the extreme isolation and the dire circumstances that she faced was truly remarkable. She said, when the guard opened the door of my cell, he just got a hold of me and he slammed me into that cell. I hit the other side and I turned around quickly and came back to the door and dropped on my knees. I was watching the end of that key because I knew when it made a complete revolution, I was locked in death row. And then I realized that I was singing. It was a song I had learned as a little girl in Sunday school. Fear not, little flock, whatever your lot, he enters all rooms, the doors being shut. He never forsakes. He never is gone. So count on his presence from darkness till dawn. And I counted on his presence. I don't know if you can understand what I'm saying, but that cell on death row became my sanctuary and my God was there with me. I wasn't fighting against those walls. How truly it was written, iron bars do not imprison me. And I learned experientially about the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Now, she says it far more powerfully than I ever could, but that testimony is remarkable to me. Nearly all of us have walked through seasons of pain and hurt and loneliness, but very few of us have experienced it at that level. But as Darlene testified, even in the midst of the most dire situation, most of us can imagine Jesus was enough. And similar testimonies can be found all throughout Christian history, as well as today, especially in persecuted countries where men and women go through very, very difficult things because of their faith in Christ, and they discover that Jesus is enough no matter what they walk through. When Amy Carmichael sailed for the mission field, she left her friends and family and homeland behind forever. And she wrote this years later, on the night I sailed for the mission field, my life on the human side was broken and was never mended again, but he has been enough. And of course, you've heard me tell the story of a pastor who was in prison for his faith. He spent a year in complete isolation from the outside world. He was kept in almost total darkness and he emerged physically weak, but spiritually radiant. He declared that his year in solitary confinement had been a taste of heaven on earth because it was an entire year in the undistracted presence of Jesus Christ. And he didn't regret it for a moment. Jesus was enough. So I want to encourage you the next time you feel alone or hurt or abandoned or rejected, Jesus is ready and waiting to show his love and comfort and faithfulness to you in a greater way than you can ever imagine. Seasons of pain and rejection and loneliness are not meant to last forever, but when they do come, we have the privilege of allowing that lonely season, that season of pain to chase us into the loving arms of the God of all comfort. Remember that Jesus was rejected and abandoned in his greatest time of need by those who had vowed to always stand with him. That is a great picture of others letting you down. And so as Darlene Dibler once said, he understands like nobody else can. I want to offer you a few practical steps when you are hit with hurt or pain or disappointment or loneliness or rejection. And the first one is to purposely forgive by God's grace those who have hurt you and let you down. A lot of times we expect those closest to us to be perfect, to never hurt us, to be a great example of Jesus Christ, but no one is ever going to be perfect this side of heaven. And people will hurt us and let us down, even those closest to us. And we have to make that decision by God's grace to forgive just as God has forgiven us. If you don't feel like you have the strength in yourself to forgive those who have hurt you, that is because you don't. It is only by his enabling power that you can say, Lord, I forgive this person. I place this sin at your feet. I'm not going to cling to it anymore. Lord, I surrender this hurt and this pain to you, and I will no longer hold it against them or let resentment creep into my heart. Again, if it's a process of receiving God's grace, walk through that process. And anytime the enemy tries to remind you of the way that and hurt you, remind him that you have chosen to forgive and lay that offense at the feet of Jesus. Also, ask God to reveal himself to you as the God of all comfort. This is a truly astounding aspect of his nature that I think a lot of us overlook, but he is the God of all comfort. His presence, his peace, his joy is available to us in our most difficult seasons if we simply go to him, spend time with him, and ask him to be the God of all comfort to us. Also, practice running to him first, not running away from him when difficult things happen. There's a really powerful moment in Darlene Dibler's story when she first learned that her husband had died and she hadn't had a chance to say goodbye to him. Her response, even though she was overwhelmed with anguish and grief, her response was to turn to the only one she knew who could truly comfort her heart. And he drew near to her and gave her this incredible peace, this incredible sense of calm in the midst of that storm. Another thing that is so important to do when others have let you down and you're reeling with the pain of that is to purposely replace lies with truth. The enemy will often come in when we've been hurt by other people and just hit us with so many lies. And yet, no matter what lie the enemy hits us with, there is always truth in the word of God that can set us free. And we need to build our reality around truth instead of lies. So for example, if the enemy says you are too broken, you have been too hurt, you can never really experience the joy and the freedom that Christ offers because the pain you carry is too great. And I've felt that lie before, and I've been tempted to believe that lie before. But going to the Word of God, he says something very different. He says, I will give you beauty for ashes, in Isaiah sixty one, three. He says, I will restore to you the years the locust has eaten, in Joel two twenty five. And what the enemy has meant for evil, I will turn to good, Genesis fifty twenty. And no eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man what well, God has prepared for those who love him. And he says, I will heal you and let you enjoy abundant peace and security in Jeremiah 33, six. And I choose to make that my reality rather than what the enemy is telling me. Or if the enemy says, God does not care about you, you don't matter, your life doesn't have a purpose. Many of us have heard that lie and been tempted to believe it. God says something very different. He says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. Jeremiah 1 5. I created your inmost being. I knit you together in your mother's womb. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. My thoughts toward you outnumber the grain of sand. Psalm 139. He says, I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. Isaiah 43, 1, and you shall no longer be termed forsaken. Your land shall no more be termed desolate, but you shall be called. My delight is in her for the Lord delights in you. Psalm 62, 4, any lie the enemy can throw your way. God has truth that can set you free. So go after that truth. Every time the enemy hits you with a lie and base your reality, your thinking on God's truth. In the Psalms, it says the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. So my encouragement to you is to turn to Jesus Christ with your pain, your sorrow, your loneliness, your disappointment, and you will begin to experience the joyful realization that you are never alone because he has promised never to leave you or forsake you. And unlike human promises, his promises never fail. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. We'll go deeper into this subject in our next episode. In the meantime, please visit our website, setapartgirl.com, to see the many resources that we have for you there on living a Christ-centered life. I pray you have a blessed week.